Okay, so for you, for you guys, we can get Eddie to get quiet. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. He's over here. <laughs> um, for, for you guys who, who came to the first class, you know how I got done like 45 minutes and I'm done and you guys are going, wow, I like this guy. And, everything. <laughs> and then last week it was like, I had to stop everything before I could finish and everything uh, to it. Because um, I had 67 slides last week, and I think I had 40-something the first week. This week I got 76. So if everybody leaves at, right at uh, 7.30, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but the thing is that this time I really can't afford to not show you everything because everything really goes well together, I think, this time. So to start off with prayer, if you'll just bow with me, I'll go ahead and say the prayer. Dear Father, we're thankful that we can all gather tonight and be able to share this time together and, and hopefully learn something that will apply to our lives and that will help us to be closer to you and closer to one another and to understand more about how you work with people. We ask your blessings on tonight and that your word will be what will be glorified tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so tonight is lesson four of a six-part series, uh, The Denial. So how many people know what we're going to be talking about tonight? Peter. Good, we got Peter down. Man, I'm glad you were listening all this time. Okay, anything else? <laughs> got any guesses? We might have a rooster in it. Yes, it might have a rooster that shows up somehow into it. So, um, yeah, probably this story will be very familiar to you. But we're going to be looking at some things that kind of lead up to it as well uh, to kind of maybe understand a little bit why maybe Peter did what he did. You know, because we sometimes think, okay, Peter, couldn't you get it straight, you know? Um, and yet Jesus even told you it was going to happen, and you still let it happen. <laughs> you know? um, but there's some things that happen beforehand that kind of maybe makes you feel like, well, maybe you understand why Peter did do that, um, and why he um, maybe got a little bit confused about some things. So we'll start off here. We're going to look at Matthew 18, 21 through 35 first. And this is where Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive somebody? And you got up here, you know, seven? <laughs> seven times? Is that good? You know, so uh, if you turn to uh, Matthew 18, 21 through 35, and um, we'll go ahead and, and look at that. Matthew 18, 30, what was it? 21 through 35. Short memory here. I used to have a better memory. <laughs> um, okay, so anybody would like to read either this or from what version they have, I would be happy for you to listen to you. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. 
When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that, came, that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in, and in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I start off with this one here because this whole lesson is going to have a lot to do with um, forgiving someone who has sinned against you. Not just us, but directly, in this case, Jesus. That's going to happen. So I, I wanted to kind of set the, the scene a little bit that Peter comes, says, okay, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Do you suspect that maybe he wanted to not forgive somebody? I'm kind of thinking that he had something behind this question. That perhaps, maybe even one of the disciples, you know, because if you kind of look at some of the stories of the disciples and how they interacted some, there's some times when they got kind of mad at each other, especially like when the mother of James and John wanted Jesus to put one at the right hand and one at the left hand. And what happened to the other guys? They grumbled against them, yeah. They did not like that too well. You know. So there's there's probably some times where even within the disciples there might have been some issues. So in the story here, uh, we saw, first of all, with uh, Peter coming to Jesus and saying, okay, uh, how many times do I have to forgive this guy? You know, or gal or whatever. Um, and, you know, is seven times enough? Because maybe he did that seven times. You know, now the eighth time, and he's ready to, okay, I'm not going to forgive you anymore. So Jesus responds, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now, 77 times. So that's maybe 77 times? Or I think I've heard some versions that say kind of like, in a kind of, maybe it's seven times 70. Yeah. And so that's, that's almost 500 times. You've got to forgive somebody 500 times? And so, you know, Peter's counting, okay, how many times has he done it this far? <laughs> you know, maybe not quite that much yet. And then so Jesus then tells him a story where uh, Peter, uh, where he says, the kingdom of heaven is like the king who wants to settle accounts, and so he brings forth his servants 
and he begins to settle with one guy who owes him, get this, how many bags of gold? I don't know how much a bag of gold was. You know, it, I think some versions may say talents. Does anybody's version say talents? Yeah, which I think we kind of had an idea about that maybe. But bags of gold, I mean, you, that that's, could be quite a bit. How many? 10,000. 10, that's a he lot. The talent was a monetary unit worth about 20 years' wages. And he's got 10,000 of them. Yeah, no. What are you all that on? Yeah, and how come the guy let him have it in the first place? You know, <laughs> it's kind of a question of mine. But anyway, now the king is not very happy because this is the king, right? The kingdom that heaven is like the king. The king is not very happy with this. What with his response? And so he basically tells them, "Okay, I'm going to throw you and your family in the prison until it's all paid off." Which, as you said. It's not going to be paid off. It's never going to be paid off. So this guy has a great debt that's, that's forgiven right there. He didn't have to do it 500 times, but he did it just once, and that was enough. <laughs> no, worth 500 times. So the servant begs, I will pay back everything. No, he's not. <laughs> he can't possibly pay it back. If, so he says, the, the servant... A master took pity on him and cancels the debt. Get this. Cancels the debt. That's not just, okay, I'll, you can pay it back later. That's, it's totally gone. Totally gone. But, this servant, you know, he really appreciates it so much that he goes out, finds someone who owes him, how much? 100 silver coins. Now, which is better, gold or silver? $44. Okay, maybe like $44. It says a denarius was a day's wage. So in my version, 100 denarii would be 100 days wages. Okay, so that's still, I mean, $44 might have been a lot back then anyway, right? For Especially for some people. But, so it's, it might be a, quite a bit for some people on here. But is it near what he would owed before? No, not at all. No, not not even close. I mean, he he doesn't. He's not even nice about it because um, he refuses and uh, sends throws the man in prison until he could pay it. So he does exactly what the king was going to do to him. He does to it his fellow servant. How do the other servants respond? They what? You told them? Not happy at all. They're not happy at all. In fact, it says they were outraged. Okay, now, the king is analogous to who? In the, God. Who are the servants analogous to? Yeah, us, uh, other people, just, you know, anybody that's around the guy, right? So, uh, they go and tell the master, who's the king, everything that had happened. The master said, brings the guy back and says, I canceled this debt, and then what do you do? You should have, you should have had mercy on the, your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you. And so he 
What does he do now? Yeah, he tosses Ben jail, and Jesus says, this is how my heavenly father is going to treat you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? You know, that um, we owe a debt that we can never repay, right? Nice song that we sing sometimes, you know. But sometimes I think that we forget about forgiving just as we've been forgiven. And so this, I think this is a good lesson just in itself. We can go now home now. There's more. <laughs> so this is a good example, I think, for Peter to see how forgiveness is needed for him to forgive and hopefully to be forgiven. Okay, Mark 14, 27 through 31. Mark 14. Oh, wow, this side over here grew a lot. <laughs> Can you guys see that okay? I know it's probably especially some of the people over here. Yeah. Okay, you don't need to see it anyway. <laughs> okay, Mark 14, 27 through 31. Who would like to share what they have on that? You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, Today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. Peter insisted emphatically, Even if I were to die with you, I would never disown you. And all the others said the same. Okay. So, everybody know what this is about, when this happens? Okay, during, right, during the Lord's Supper, or, well, not the Lord's Supper that we have, but, but I mean, the Passover feast, you know, Jesus tells them basically, you're all going to fall away. And um, Peter, okay, after I've risen, I will go ahead of you to the galley. Then Peter declares... Even if all, you know, can you imagine he's sitting or reclining there and he's looking, even if all these others fall away, I won't fall away. I'm going to be with you. I'm, I'm going to stay with you. I'm not going to fall away. And Jesus well, basically tells them, yeah, you're going to and the, the rooster will crow twice. But what I find interesting here is that, okay, Peter then says, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And some of the versions, I don't know if you were to go through some of the other Gospels, you would see he says, I, I will die or even go to prison. You know, so he was maybe kind of hoping that he might not have to die, but you know, at least go to prison uh, to it. And so get this, all the others say the same. All the others agreed with Peter that they would stick with him. Including Judas? Hmm? Including Judas? Including maybe Judas? I don't know. It says all the others. And 
And unless there's something, you know, there might be, the all may be something that was added, I don't know. Because uh, I didn't look into that. That would be something maybe to look in. But usually when it says all, what does it mean? All. <laughs> you know, everybody. So I, I'm going to go with, uh, unless somebody shows something different. Yes? He's already left. Oh, good point. Okay. So Judas, maybe not. Yeah, maybe he wasn't the uh, one that would say that, but all the others did. So we we get we kind of get after Peter some, but all the disciples, except for maybe Judas. Okay, actually we're making pretty good time. Okay, Luke twenty two thirty five through thirty eight. Most of these slides are small changes, and so that's probably why Luke. 22, 35 through 38. And Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. And he said to them, But now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he has and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Okay, so Jesus said, first starts off reminding them of the time when he sent them out. And I think this might have been during the time when he sent out, when he had 70 disciples and he sent out a bunch of them and he told them not to take a purse, not to take anything, but just to basically live off whatever is given to you as, as you go out from town to town onto it. So he says, did you lack anything? Their response is nothing. No. They survived just fine and everything. They didn't need anything. But now he's all of a sudden, he's adding something that's kind of different, isn't it? Yeah, he says, but now, if you have a purse, take it. <laughs> Better take it. And also a bag. What's the bag for clothing, stuff like that, I assume? Maybe food. And you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Okay, key thing here. Peter's hearing this, right? He wants us to go out and buy swords, right? Okay. Um, one of the disciples, or some of the disciples, say, "See, Lord, here are two swords. We're starting off. We got we got it ready here. We got our our swords. We're gathering them together. What was that? <laughs> Maybe so, but I doubt it because I don't think Rome really appreciated it very much. Um, he says, uh, see, see, Lord, here are two swords. And he responds, that's enough. Wait a minute. You just told us to go out and buy a sword. So buy one. So, but two's enough. Okay. Two's enough for what's going to happen. Actually, one probably was enough. But, yeah, that, that was enough. So um, right before this, remember, Peter is told by Jesus that he's going to deny him three times. 
Peter is saying, and he's one of these disciples. I mean, he's there. He's above, he, I wouldn't doubt if he's the one that said, hey, look, I got a sword. You know, um, he's ready, he's ready to, to fight for Jesus. And in a little way, he's ready to fight for Jesus. Not just spiritually or anything like that. He wants to fight for Jesus. Okay? Okay, Luke 22 again, 47 through 53 this time. This would be strange if I got done a lot faster than I expected. <laughs> but even as he said this, the crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And one of them struck at the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him. Am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. Okay. So, uh, Judas brings the crowd, and um, so they're, they're, they approach Jesus, and Judas gives a kiss to Jesus. Uh, and then Jesus says, basically, you're portraying me with a kiss. Okay. How do Jesus' respond? Uh, followers respond? I love the way yours said it. <laughs> Would you read that part again? Uh, yeah. Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are they anxious or not? <laughs> yeah. How many swords did they have? Two. Two. <laughs> and Judas is bringing the crowd some places. Jesus says swords and clubs that they brought. So I think they're kind of outnumbered from the sounds of it, but they're anxious, they're very willing, and one of them is so willing that he strikes a servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. Did he mean to harm the guy? Not, not what? Not his ear. Not his ear, what, what do you think he was aiming for? Probably his neck. His neck? Somewhere up in the very delicate area, <laughs> you know, an area that, that's probably going to kill the guy. He, had, he was striking to kill. Uh, there was no, I'm just going to wound this guy or anything like that. This was a kill blow that he was trying to do uh, on this. Um, and, but Jesus intervenes uh, and says, no more, touches the man's ear and heals him. You're one of the disciples. Let's say you're Peter. What are you thinking at this point? I'm confused. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm confused. I mean, it, it, Jesus told them to buy, go out and buy swords. Or, you know, yeah. And now he's getting after us for wanting to do battle and wounding a, a person, and and he heals the guy. Not only does he stop, tell us to stop, 
He heals the guy. Wait a minute, Jesus, you were supposed to only heal the guys on your side. <laughs> Those are the ones that you're supposed to be healing. You know, that you gotta remember they saw him as gonna be the king coming to restore the throne of David. So they saw him with his miracles of being able to heal people, of being able to feed people as what might happen if I'm in the army following him. I will have, oh, if I get wounded, Jesus will heal me. If we're out of food, Jesus will make food. In fact, he could probably just lift us up and put us in the middle of the enemy's camp and, you know, really quick and get everybody. They, they were seeing somebody who's going to help them win a war. Okay? Okay. And Jesus responds to these guys. Am I leading a rebellion? I think, what does yours say again? Yeah. And, and my, are you coming for me right now. If I was a, leading a rebellion, if I was a dangerous revolutionary, you should have stepped in a long time ago. Basically what he's saying here. How come you didn't, every day I was with you in the courts, temple courts, and you didn't touch me. They did try sometimes though, didn't they? <laughs> Translation says, Have you come out as against the robber, the swords and clubs? There's the swords and clubs part, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, but basically, he's, he's saying, you know, you could have come any time. Why now? And he says, This is when, this is your hour, though. This, this is your, your moment. Okay, I want to go back a little bit to maybe. See, who was it that cut off the ear? Yeah, we got good old Simon Peter, who had a sword. I told you he probably had a sword, right? He has a sword, and he draws it and strikes the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. And what I really like here is we even know the name of the servant. You know, I, I, I love that, because to me, that adds validity to the whole thing. It's saying... This guy was there. He was the one that lost an ear and got it healed. Uh, you can go back and check with him. You know, sometime maybe somebody did. I don't know. Maybe John. Okay. Um, Jesus commanded Peter, "Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me?" What's he talking about there? Get what he came for? His death. His death. Anything else? Over here. I'm sorry if I turn my back to you guys a lot, but what's that? The crucifixion. The, the suffering basically that he's gonna have to go through. What did Peter say at one point? Do you remember last week? We talked about some, I think. When Jesus said that he was going to have to die. He got rebuked by Jesus. Right. He he went to rebuke Jesus and said, "That's not going to happen. Not going to happen to you." So Peter's trying to make sure he's trying to make that come true, isn't he? And he's been told to get a sword. Well, he got a sword. You know, he was one. He was one of at least two of them that had swords. 
But Jesus says, shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? So he's saying, you're not going to stop me from doing what I came here to do. Also, I want to look at re reminder of what we saw is this last week. Yeah, I think this was last week. Well, we actually were talking about this a little bit. Down a little bit. Um, this last part down here, because this is where Jesus or Peter takes him aside, begins to rebuke him in Matthew 16, 22 through 23. He said, Peter says, this shall never happen to you. And then Jesus tells Peter, get behind me. But the key thing I want to remember is, at this time, based on what we see, what Peter did by to attack the servant, where is Peter's thoughts? Human concerns. What's going on right now, earthly Earthly, on this world, what's happening here? Anybody else? He is showing his allegiance to Jesus, but in what type of way? In Yeah. I like that part because I'm a tough guy. I'm a fisherman. Fisherman, fish, fisherman guy. Not, maybe not the ones that do fly fishing. But the ones here um, are doing, are, are tough guys. Right? And, and they are willing to fight. And he's willing to fight. Yeah. Just just a little bit of uh, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Josephus tells us that the Romans do not allow swords. Right. I know that's what that's when like, you said about the That's like having a uh, automatic weapon. Well, yeah, I mean so it, it was it was a military weapon that they were not allowed to have. They could have daggers limited. Uh huh. But, uh, but to have a sword was, was rebellious. Especially if it was a Roman type sword, because Roman swords were very special in their in how they were built and everything to, to be able to fight. Um, and so that meant basically you were going to use that to kill people, not go out and kill like a yeah a rabbit or a lion or something like that to protect your sheep or whatever. But yeah. The, they they were in an occupied land, um, and Romans did not take kindly for for insurrections. You know, um, they, that's why the cross was a very good thing. I mean, in their mind, it was okay. Uh, but mainly, we're still seeing that Peter is concentrating on this world, human concerns, trying to get the kingdom of David, basically, restored again. Okay, Matthew 26, 30, 69 through 75. It's a long chapter, but uh, Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Okay, whoever wants to see outside of the and a servant girl came up to him and said, You are all you were you also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And then he went out to the entrance. Another girl, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up to him 
and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Okay. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Okay. So we have the denial now. Peter, who was saying to Jesus, I will never fall away from you. I will always follow you, even if it means my death or prison, whichever one, you know, I will still follow you. And he tries to prove it to Jesus, doesn't he? With, with, the, with the act of trying to um, basically start the battle. So, a, a girl, a servant girl, says, hey, weren't you with the guy that they have in there, basically? You know, you're from Galilee, aren't you? Yeah. And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And he denied it again then with an oath. What does he say here? I don't know the man. Can you imagine if you had a friend that was a friend that maybe was really close and then something happens that, that for some reason and you unjustly are accused of something or something and your friend says, I don't even know the guy. How would you feel? Nobody's answered. Betrayed? Yeah, betrayed. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, only if you're going to be king, uh, then I'll be your friend. <laughs> you know, if it means fighting for you, I will do it, but only then. If it means something else, then maybe not. Yeah, I, mean, I thought perhaps in this part of the story, had, had I then Peter went to the story, go up the guy's ear, and then Jesus sort of corrected me in front of the enemies, oh, looking her back on, I would have been humiliated, embarrassed. And I would be wondering, I'm not sure if I know this guy. Oh, good point. You know, it's like, I, I thought I did. Uh-huh. But I, I, would, I would feel a little put out. Uh-huh. And almost justified and say, I don't know, man, I don't know who this is. Okay. And, uh, because I just proved I was willing to die for him. Right. I showed my loyalty, and then he did that. Like, what's up with that? I'm not... I'm going to watch this, but I'm done doing the fighting. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that's it. I know. I know. I, I'm I, telling you, if I, I were right, in that situation, I, know, I, I know. would have been very disillusioned with that boy. Yeah, and right now, you're making me want to go back and change a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can still incorporate it in because I, I, I didn't think about some of that stuff from that's Peter's. From, no, that's this fine. Is, this is my feelings. It's yeah. not... And the Greek actually tells us, I don't mean that. I know, I know what you mean, but I, that, that, that's what I'm trying to, to kind of get here, is that Peter had some things that might have caused, like you mentioned somebody over here, I think it might be Ted, mentioned confusion. You're even mentioning something that you didn't even think of, that he might have felt betrayed by Jesus in some ways. Because, you know, Jesus told them to get, to go out and buy a sword. It's a clear fact he denied Jesus because Jesus said, you will deny me that. And so right. we're not, we're not questioning. 
I'm not questioning that part. Just what was in his, what was, was in his fear of him dying that moment, or was it just like, dude, I'm done with you? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just my fingers. Yeah, I, 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 excellent. I like that. Anybody else have anything? I, I think that just just going against it. Uh, <laughs> really, is he is an elder, you know. What happens when the rooster crows? Uh huh. He suddenly remembers. Oh yeah. <coughs> and so all was that sort of was what mm -hmm. it should have been. Now whether that whether he's confused and angry, but suddenly he realized that Jesus knew that it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think it still could be some betrayal in there too, or feeling of betrayal. Go ahead. I sort of think in a way that it sounds like I think maybe he misunderstood what Jesus was saying. Oh definitely. Because he said go get a sword. And, and your purses and your cloaks and all that stuff. I think he was more preparing. He was telling them, get prepared because I'm I'm gonna go. There's okay. bad things are happening and after I'm executed, there may be a period of time when you have to protect yourself. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, well just kinda with how you started today is how I I thought of it is sort of with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. He asked about forgiveness. Right. And then to Jesus, maybe the biggest thing that would hurt him is like, you're denying me. Mm -hmm. Because that is, I mean, all of the gospel is to, to acknowledge him. So Jesus says, you're going to deny me. And I think that it, it goes to a way of like, Jesus is showing him like, you will be forgiven from this by me, but you're going to do something that deeply hurts me. And I think like him weeping, is like understanding and accepting that. Okay. And All right. So we're done. Because, <laughs> you know, that's where I'm leading a lot, too, is, is we're getting to that point. Peter strikes me as the type of person that kind of feelings are always on the surface. Oh, yeah. You know? Which goes back to kind of and, like what you said. And he also is right living right in the moment. He doesn't think ahead. He certainly doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to what's happened already. It's like he's right here, and this is what he's reacting to. Mm -hmm. And then something happens like this, and the rooster crows, and it reminds him, oh, yeah. He said, and then, then things start to kind of come together. But I think Peter kind of felt like he was Jesus' bodyguard, and all of a sudden mm -hmm. he wasn't needed. Right. You know. Was Peter's... Attraction to Jesus superficial? Hmm. I don't know. I uh, personally, you want, you want a personal answer, I'm just, I'm just, or you want some, you want all these people to answer? Probably all these people could know better. <laughs> I'm asking that is on the shore after Jesus came back to Galilee. And he and Peter were you guys walking. are going way too fast. <laughs> and they were walking. You know, Peter, uh, Jesus said, "Peter, do you love me? Do you love me?" Mm -hmm. He said, "Yes, Lord, I feel it." And it took him, as with Peter, most times it took him three times before he got to the to the core of the question. Mm -hmm. And he really wasn't listening. Yeah, he's more concerned about John falling. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just I just can't help but think that that, that that Peter Peter gets all caught up in the razzle dazzle and not the commitment. Okay. Interesting legend that the Catholics say that uh, when in Rome when Peter was 
being uh, uh, the warrant went out for his arrest, he left Rome and went south to get away from it. And he met Jesus on the road. And he asked, Lord, where are you going? He says, I'm going to Rome. And Peter realized that's where it was supposed to be. That, that's Catholic. But it, it, it's, it shows that a lot of people think that, that Peter's caught up with the superficial and not the in-depth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anybody over here want to answer his question about the superficial or? But, but he's, he's hanging, Jesus is hanging with him. Huh? And I, and I appreciate what he's saying. That he's preparing to forgive him. And he's taking him wherever he is in the superficial realm mm -hmm. and driving him deeper and deeper. He's so incredibly patient, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. so forgiving. Mm -hmm. And uh, rather than just blowing off Peter, which we mm -hmm. see later he does and stuff. Does that teach us anything about how he works with us? There's hope for us. Yes, that's the idea. Because I, can can we be superficial sometimes? All the time. All the time. She doesn't even do sometimes. It's all the time. <laughs> all means. <laughs> can our motives just be really caught God? They can be. Yeah. He doesn't give up on us. He just bears with us and works with our hearts. Yeah. And rolls his eyes. <laughs> Inside eye looks at us, <laughs> which is what I think he probably did with Peter when Peter denied him. Um, man, you guys are just putting out so much stuff here that I'm just—I don't know where to begin right now. But you, you're hitting a lot of the stuff that I'm going to, but you've also hit some stuff that I didn't think about. That that's really good. Some good, powerful things here. So let's get back to here. Uh, okay, actually, you answered, asked the question. I don't think anybody really answered it that clearly, um, maybe somewhat. I do think he was serious. I think Peter was very serious about following Jesus. He didn't know what he was getting into, though. And that's what Jesus had to teach him through all this. I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, we, we kind of think all these uh, these. Well, we, we do know that the disciples, the apostles, did not fully understand as they were going along. We see that. But we tend to think that they once they got it, it was like the light came on and they're ready to go. I'm showing through Peter that that didn't always happen. You know what? what he should have seen the light. That, that light should have came on, but sometimes they're slow to come on. Right. I think that the obvious thing really is that God, Jesus, knows the whole history. And we don't know the whole And I think we don't know the whole history because we wouldn't know how to, how to deal with the whole And so, There's a different perspective where, as a man, as a human being, our perspective is completely limited. And I think that, um, that that is part of the, I know humility is what I can but it's what humbles us. It's what keeps us humble. Um, it's what helps us recognize 
Sometimes I act like I do know it all. Paul asked that question. What's that? Paul asked that question all the time. <laughs> I do what I don't want to do, and what I don't want to do, I do. That, that, that one was five or seven. 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 Yeah. She mentioned children. I work with fifth graders. I see this kind of thing play out all the time. It's human nature. This is an example of human nature. He was all enthusiastic and all up you know, ready to give his life when he was with Jesus and the other apostles. He gets out, gets surrounded by a different audience, and he succumbs to the audience. You just did my next lesson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Man. I know. It, of course, but it just, it, it's very obvious on the playground with fifth graders. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we probably need to go a little bit through here. Um, again, uh, there's uh, someone else comes up and says, "Surely you're one." And your accent gives you away. You know, you're not from here; you're from someplace else. And he calls down curses, uh, and again says, "I don't know the man." Immediately, the rooster crows. And then he, Peter remembers that the rooster will crow and goes outside and weeps. I'm still thinking about some of the things you said. Sorry. <laughs> because I think that might be there some. And Peter now, he knows that he did wrong, but I'm still wondering if maybe he's wondering if Jesus did him wrong as well. That's a thought. Let's keep that thought in mind because we're going to get to something that might. Was it John that did Jesus turn and looked at? I think so. I think so. so. Jesus was there. Yeah, Jesus heard. Hmm. We, we know that. Yeah. What's this one? Oh, you mentioned this one, right? <laughs> John 21, 1 through 23. This is a long reading. 23 verses. If you want to share the reading, that's fine. <laughs> we're, we're actually doing quite good on time. Okay, who would like to read this? 
Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the, the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. And he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, where he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let, let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, What about him, Lord? <laughs> Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die, but that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Okay, this is probably where I would maybe bring in some of what Eddie said a little bit, if you, if you kind of think through some of this. We don't know for sure, because it doesn't say it outright, literally, but if you think about why was Jesus asking him this question that he asked three times. We, we know that he denied him three times, and so people kind of like to say, well, what he's doing here is trying to make it even. You know, denied you three times, now say that you love me, and that takes care of it. 
But I don't know if that's totally it when you're looking at this. That there might be some underlining things and, and some of what Eddie said, you know, I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head here, so you know, I could be totally off. But I see some things in here that I didn't see before because of what Eddie said. So let's discuss it some. We start off, what was that? I messed you up. I'm so sorry. No, you didn't. No, I, and, and this is why I like the discussion type things. Because it's your fault. You do a good job. I know. Right? I know it's my fault. No, you, know. you bring up discussion. Well. <laughs> You're making the stain constantly. And that's, that's really and that's what I think we need to do. Because because I, I think have you ever read a scripture like you know uh, twenty years ago you read a scripture or you did, you did a study and you got all these great things out of it and then twenty years later you go back and read it and you go wow I didn't see that one there. Because we, we change, don't we? We, we grow. We, we, we alter some of how we believe things. And so I think it's great when I hear something from the audience, because I don't really think of you as an audience. I think of you as partners with me trying to go through this. And so if I hear something that I'm going, man, I have never thought about that before. I'm, I'm excited about it. Because it, it gives me something more to consider and here, you know, it was brought up earlier about this. I'm going, man, you guys are just picking this up. <laughs> you know, you're just going with it yourself. You're, you're, you're kind of seeing where, where this is going. So I'm thinking now that it's not just about Peter forgive, uh, no, Jesus forgiving Peter, but there's some inter interaction in this too, which, which I think helps explains a little bit about maybe... Um, why Jesus said what he said. You know, he could just said, I forgive you. He could have said it three times. But you remember, Jesus asked, or Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive somebody? And what was the response? Well, maybe 500 times. <laughs> Quite a bit you know, to it. And I'm thinking Jesus was trying to teach Peter something that he was going to have to forgive later on. So let's look at, at this. Let's go through it here and see what we can come up with. So Jesus appears, and this is, I guess, the, what does it say, third time? Yeah. Okay, third time that, he, that he's done, that he's appeared to him. And... You know, before Jesus appears on the on the shore, Simon Simon Peter, notice Simon Peter, that listening rock thing. Okay, he says, "Hey guys, I don't know what's going on, so I'm going to go out and fish." I I kind of want, remember they left the boats earlier. <laughs> they left everything for him. They must have got some new boats somehow. But anyway, they go out and fish, and what's the results? Okay. Yeah, they they went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. nothing. You know, I haven't fished very much, but I catch a lot of nothing <laughs> you know, when I do. So uh, they they went out and didn't catch anything. So then Jesus comes walking along and calls out to him, "Hey guys, catch any fish?" Nope. The answer, nope. And he says. Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and then you'll find some. 
And what do you think of that answer? <laughs> I mean, what's the difference between the right side and the left side? I mean, both in the same water, right? Okay, you're going to bring up something totally different now. <laughs> you wonder if Peter suddenly goes, this is familiar. You wonder that, yeah. And, and, and I, I like it because uh, John does. And I think it's because this is familiar. He, he goes, you know, uh, well, yeah. And, and so they, they do that. Uh, they, they catch a bunch of fish. And so then John, which is the disciple that Jesus loved, you know, that's John said that many times in, in his um, letters and gospel, it is the Lord. It is it's Jesus. And Peter, I love this, I love this so much, he wraps his outer garment around him for he's taken it off and jumps into the water. He puts his clothes back on to jump into the water. I'm going to go, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, why, why that? So do you think God has a sense of humor sometimes? <laughs> he puts, allows things like this to be in there. And he puts his clothes on and gets them sopping wet you know, by, by jumping into the water. Side note there. Um, so it bring, Jesus says, bring some of the fish. So Simon goes back to the boat and helps drag the net ashore. And it's full of fish. And I love it that they give an exact amount. Isn't that wonderful? Someone took the time to count the fish. <laughs> Here they are with Jesus. And they're counting the fish. <laughs> I wonder if we do that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's count the collection plate here. Okay. <laughs> and um, if they finish eating, Jesus says, Simon, listen, son of John, do you love more? Do you love me more than these? Who's the these? Maybe. Might be the fish. Might be his brothers. Either, either one of those could be, and it still would work, I think. You know, if you are valuing what you're gaining in the world or what you already have that's important to you in the world more than Jesus. I think both of them work very well for his, his purpose. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. Jesus again says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. Simon, a third time, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter is hurt. Whoops, let's go back. Peter is hurt by this statement. He says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Now, I'm going to bring Eddie's thing that he said. I'm wondering if Jesus could have just said, do you forgive me that I'm not what you thought you, I was? And be the same answer. I think um, Jeff said it earlier, I don't know if we caught that or not, but okay. he's not asking the same question over and over. Definitely not. 
three only is love for mm -hmm. love, but it's right. three words that's used here. That yeah. One of them is, is phileo. Phileo. Mm -hmm. Agape. Agape, I think, is the first two, and then phileo is. Or is it the other way around? Okay, the other way around. I don't think Jesus was asking, except that Jesus was not. Right. So I think it's. But, but, so but maybe. Peter had to be doubting and a screwed up. Right. Was I even sincere? Was I even loyal? No way. I do love them in spite of my mistakes. Mm -hmm. And in spite of what he thought right. Jesus was going to do, he now says, I'm going to love you anyway. But when we mess up so royally, we, we doubt the sincerity of our faith. Right. I don't even know if I even love God. If I love God, I would have never done this. And Jesus said, no, you do love me. Mm -hmm. um, you just, you just, it, his mistakes didn't invalidate his love and his sincerity, it just validated as you were saying, his humanity. Mm -hmm. It was just this is the way humans didn't do it. Right. Yes. Um, but I don't understand this. Why Jesus, the last time he asked him to love him, Jesus went down at the way. Okay. I, I thought it was that way, but he was saying that. I, I thought it was the last one. Was okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought the last one was the layup. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that is a hard thing to understand, um, and I and I st still think wondering what Eddie said about how Peter might have been feeling about the situation might have caused him to maybe for a little while be mad at Jesus at least for a little while. So my my take on this, and I, I don't necessarily have the answer, but I, I think Peter is very much still in the midst of figuring out what he mm -hmm. really believes about. Right. Because I think I think we've got pretty good evidence that up until the crucifixion that he thinks Jesus is earthly Messiah. Um, but then, you know, what happens to the whole crucifixion thing and the denial and all that. Um, and so, Peter went, I don't think Peter had suddenly had a revelation of, oh my goodness, it's the leader, you know, the, uh, the heavenly Messiah. Um, I, I think he'd probably try to take in the events of Jesus was crucified, he was raised from the dead, here he is again, um, you know, what, what all was going on. Combined with, you know, his, his denial and his feelings and all that. So my take on this is when Jesus says, "You agape me," you know I phileo you. You agape me, you know I phileo you. I, I almost wonder if Jesus is saying, "Okay, Peter, do you really do you even phileo me mm -hmm. for real?" Yeah. Um, and I, I think that Jesus is probably kind of leading him through his feelings and his, his misgivings and his misunderstandings and his not sure what's happening and all of that to the point that Peter finally gets to on the day of Pentecost. And that's, that's a long journey, mm -hmm. just a matter of a few days. Right. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Also, back to the 
to the classroom thing. Don't forget, Peter, this was Peter's teacher, and he knew it. And this was not the first time that Peter had been rebuked. But he kept following him. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I agree. I understand. People get their feelings hurt. They, you know, that possibly, you know, could be there. But he didn't give up, and he kept not giving up. Mm -hmm. And he was here this day, and he was he he wept bitterly. He didn't just weep; he wept bitterly about what he had done. I mean, I fuss at kids all the time. I rebuke them. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so yep. much that I think they must just really dislike me, but they don't. But they keep coming back to you. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think um, that um, when Jesus is telling Peter that he was going to go where he didn't want to go, um, when you own the most stuff that we have, and someone else can dress you and you can do that on the way. That's like the worst thing Jesus did back then. Mm -hmm. Because here is Peter acting impulsively all the time, and now suddenly he's being told that he's not going to be able to act impulsively, which is what he is at core. And I think it's interesting, you know, like we are with our parents, we think. Why do you treat me this way and you don't treat my brother and my sister in the same way? And so when Peter points out, what about this guy? Is this guy going to, you know, not be able to dress himself? Is this guy, you know, not going to be able to go where he doesn't want to go and all that? I think, I think from my human perspective that Peter was trying to understand Jesus. He's trying to understand, you know, why are you saying this to me and you're not saying it to this guy? That's all. Thank you. So, speaking about that, let's go to that part. And he's told to feed my sheep. He was told three thing, three different things, wasn't he? First of all, I'll feed my lambs, and then take care of my sheep, and then feed my sheep again. So, there might be some significance. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know why he felt like he needed to change it. Any ideas? Okay, then we will go on. Well, I kind of think with uh, he's giving him a job. Like, with the whole thing, like, for me, like, I'm very blunt sometimes, like, and it has to, like, be very clear with me. And that's, again, how I took it, is like, mm -hmm. hey, like, show me that you, you heard me, or show me that you listened to me, feed my sheep. Because this is what you're going to be doing. Grow. Yeah. Take care of them. Mm -hmm. Make them grow. This is what you need to do. And I mean, and it's what he does. Mm -hmm. So that's how I took it, because that... And I'm new to it, so I'm just, you know, reading it, soaking it in, and just, like, reflecting on it, like, you got a mission here, and then I see him doing it, 
so to me that's where it's like super clear and it's not so much I don't look at like what Peter's going through but I look at like Jesus is making it clear what you need to do and Peter has to really like consider are you willing to do the job I think that's probably what he's doing is saying are you willing to take this on for it yeah, I, the, the whole story is very interesting because they're, they're sitting there waiting, I think. They, they were told that Jesus would meet them up. That he would lead them to Galilee, right? And, uh, they're, and they're, they're waiting. How long have they waiting? doesn't say, but... Yeah, uh, not long enough. That's, I'm getting bored. Uh, Let's go out and fish. But <laughs> if you look at it, uh, even after the resurrection, that they still have a clue what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And so Jesus, I mean, uh, uh, Peter said, hey, let's do what we always do. Go fish. And then Jesus meets him at his and said, this is what you will be doing now. Good. Okay. Um, the part that, that you were mentioning about him being old, and um, I, I thought was kind of interesting that He's basically telling him here he's not going to die right away. And that he's going to get old. And that when he gets old, you'll be led around and to a place that he doesn't want to go. And this, this is supposed to be uh, indicating the kind of death. And I'm trying to figure out how this indicates that. But it's supposed to, it's supposed to at least indicate that he's going to die as an old person, but not necessarily... By old age, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I find it interesting that you know Peter definitely is going to lose his freedom, as we see here, but he's going to be living fairly long life, long enough to be considered old at least. And that he is told here that this is to indicate the kind of death and that which he would be glorifying God and then he says okay remember you said you would die for me he doesn't say that here but that's what he's reminding them here right you said you would die for me not the way you thought it's not going to be because you take up the sword to fight but you will die for me and you still need to follow me And then Jesus, uh, Peter says, hey, there's this guy over here, you know, he, he's, uh, what about him? He, you know, tell me he's going to die a worse death than me. <laughs> I think that's what he's wanting to hear. You know, maybe he'll die quicker. Um, we know that John didn't, but um, uh, that he was exiled on an island. And Lord, what about him? Hey, what's the, what's the big deal? If I want him to live until I come back, so be it. It's not your decision. Right. Next week. Lesson five. Should I go? Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. 
And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations. <laughs>